This podcast is brought to you by our partners at 8 Star Energy. 8 Star Energy, a clean energy company, leading the future of portable and renewable energy. To find out more, follow them on Facebook at 8 Star Energy. I want attacking purpose for football all the time. Now we've got our backs against the wall and we're going to fight and we're going to fight hard. You've got to show me all the guts and all the determination you've got in your body. You've got to inspire me. A marvellous kick. That's as good as you'll ever see. And it puts Graham back in front. I don't know about you guys, but if I see one bloke walking out of here, give the pat on the back from people out there for a good effort, I'll spill up. From inside the centre square, boys kick the goal. Boys kick the goal. From inside the centre Hey folks, welcome to Danny Boyd, a podcast about the most wonderful football club that has ever existed on this plane or any other plane of existence. <laughs> That's the Footscray Football Club, trading as Western Bulldogs. My name is Danny McGinley. Tom Boyd on paternity leave. He had the baby. Well, I'm sure Anna did most of the heavy lifting, but he's a dad now. He will be back uh, in uh, for next week for the Patreon episode. But uh, filling in for Boydie is a man who pretty much has the exact same physical size <laughs> and imposing and, and brain. Uh, uh, Chaz Licadello, welcome home. We, me and Tom are very much like the Arnold Schwarzenegger, Danny DeVito style <laughs> twins. That's all we are. But I'll tell you what I love about Tom. I love it even... Long after he's retired, he's still observing the no babies in September rule. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Very safe. Yeah. That was famously Lee Matthews put a bonk ban <laughs> yeah. in January so there'd be no kids coming around finals. Uh, I, I loved when uh, when Daisy Pierce got pregnant and the AFLWs then had to have, have the ultimate question of should she play in the grand final mm. or be at her kid's birth. Sure, she was the one giving birth. <laughs> <laughs> but Daisy's that good <laughs> that you could have. She could have just popped him out at halftime and then run back on for the third quarter. <laughs> she could have. So, um, did you go to now, Chaz? You you live in Sydney, but you've been down for the Melbourne Comedy Festival. Did you go to the Kangaroos match on Friday? Unfortunately, I could not because I'm seeing. I'm down here to see comedy shows because well, well North Melbourne are pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> there was certainly there was certainly some comedy going on at, uh, during that game, but and I, I unfortunately had to watch it afterwards. On, uh, on on streaming on AFL. Did you know the result? I I was obviously following throughout these comedy shows that I was watching. <laughs> I just had my phone up the entire Nothing time. Wrong Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> so yeah, now I was very aware of the score and I was very concerned. I was following the score rather than rather than watching the video. I wasn't quite that bad. So I was wondering what, what the hell was going on during our second quarter. But yeah. um, <laughs> five unanswered goals and it's just it just shows the um, PTSD all Bulldogs fans are living with mm. because as soon as anyone puts two goals in a row, because of the grand final, I just go, oh, we're done. Well, the thing that was really ner- really nerve-wracking to me, in hindsight, when I was watching it back, because of course I watched it afterwards, after a victory, I watched it several times, um, <laughs> was that at that time when North put on, at, 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 the, at the time when they put on four goals in a row, mm-hmm. we were equaling them in contested ball during that period. Interesting. So, and, th- and this is something which I've seen a number of times with the dogs, that we need to not just, our mids need to not just break even, 
they need to smash the opposition for us to win. Oh, okay. Which is which and 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 yeah, and in the past the, the that's been an issue that sometimes we'd the, the mids would win but we'd still lose. You know, yeah. like and it's just cuz I don't know if we're inefficient, if it's ki- goal kicking or what <laughs> or what it is, but just for whatever reason, the mids need to to do, to hit above their weight in order for us to win. That's really is that yes. is that all the games? That well that's Basically, yeah. In the past, I mean, I, I, as you know, Danny, I'm, I, I keep my eye on the stats. You deep dive <laughs> for those who aren't part of the Patreon. Uh, uh, cough up because last <laughs> week Chaz filled in for Boydie and did deep dive on the on the on our in, uh, inaccuracies. Yeah, for someone who really doesn't know what they're talking about, I made it sound like I did. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so let's get into that one. It's a fantastic <laughs> episode that did. Uh, I although after even after your deep dive on all the stats and the cold hard science behind it mm. my theory that we gave up accurate kicking for Lent uh, turned out <laughs> correct because we yeah. kicked accurately oh man at one point we were going 18 goals five yeah like it was incredible uh, the, uh, the the interesting thing though is that like last week when I went in the patreon I did mention the fact that we do gloss over the fact that we actually take shots from bad places and that's part of the reason for the inaccuracy like okay. against Richmond our accuracy our expected accuracy because the boffins actually actually predict whether you whether you should kick a goal or not based on on history uh, our expected accuracy was only 36% last week okay whereas this week our expected accuracy was 49% what's average for a game uh, in the in the low 50s okay. so it was still not great but it was a lot better than it was man so right? if we just start kicking from places you'll actually get a goal yes we'll get a dynasty and i was going to say on that note in this game where we we smashed them yeah. there were only I was looking when I watched it the second time. I was looking for easy set shots. There were three in the entire game. Wow. Bont had two, one in the first quarter, one in the fourth quarter, and Norton had one. In the entire game, there were three easy set shots. So we're still not marking the ball 30 out. Like We're just not. Yeah. We're marking the ball 45 out or on an angle or whatever. And also the other thing that, that really made up this game was our – our on-the-run shots were much more accurate. Like, yeah. if you remember against Richmond, we are taking lots of pings and they were going nowhere. We were three goals six on the run against Richmond. <laughs> this time, we were four goals one. The stats king. Yeah, and, and the thing about that, the reason why I bring that up is because that's not something you can practice. Like, 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 it reflex kicks on the like, like when you're in the middle of a pack or something. Oh no, you can. You well, can. So you do match day sort of uh, conditions at, sure, at training. But, but I mean, I'm, I'm talking from I'm talking from week to week. Like it's not like that. Three goals, six to four goals, one. That's not because they did something on the training track. Oh no, no. that's a fluke, right? And so or <laughs> confidence or whatever, you know. Or like the it's the 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 the. the level of defence you're up against. Because all due respect to North Melbourne, uh, Richmond have probably got a better <laughs> defensive lineup than it, them at the moment. It's fair to say, given that we doubled their uncontested marks and yet we tied them on tackles, that probably North defence wasn't fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> you really shouldn't be breaking even on the tackles when you have the ball the whole time. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, yeah. So a credit to the North fans. I know yeah. none are listening, but they were they were loud the whole game. Really? Even like, Louder yes, than you? La- um, well, I had to behave myself. I took my both my kids. Oh, okay. uh, <laughs> and I'm going to give a shout out to a lovely lady, Kay, who was sitting mm. near us and mm. was quite uh, motherly towards my kids and gave them lollies and stuff. It's always good when you get a clucky person sitting nearby and uh, I think Kay has her grandkids of her own so anyway shout out to her um, but when they 
I, for the third quarter, I took my daughter for a walk. She's mm. five. She's the one we worried wasn't going to focus. Went down to the shop. She wanted a Josh Bruce badge because mm. Josh Bruce has a tattoo of a butterfly on, her, on his leg. And yes. That was sold out. She had to buy a JJ one um, <laughs> for the reason being she was born just after the 2016 grand final. Got sure. the JJ, Norm Smith. Anyway, going down there, third quarter, when the match, you know, we were pretty comfortably ahead. Mm. But every goal North got, they were loud as yeah. hell. And I think I think credit to them. And, and we should, when we're terrible again, mm. remember that. Remember <laughs> remember to be loud at all times. Because as Boydia said, it does actually help uh, the players. And uh, so can you give... To, a, to, to be fair though, to yeah. be fair though, we, we do give them something to, to yell about. Like, we're, like we have a team... No, I wouldn't say filled, but with a few players, like say, for instance, Cody, that are good at attracting yelling. Ah, yes. <laughs> and by the way, full credit to Jack McRae. Everyone talks about Cody and, yeah. the, and his and and how you know as soon as anyone touches him, he throws out the arms and stuff. By the way, he doesn't stage. He just he just lets them know that the free kick is there. <laughs> Someone who really lets them know that the free kick is there is Jack McRae. Oh, really? Like uh, he he slips under the radar because he's all stone faced. But there were two. There were two during that game where he just got the tiniest little touch and 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 then the head went back and he's he's a master and he doesn't even Chaz, get these noticed. Are good things. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm not knocking this at all. No, no, that's great. Get the free kicks. No, make, make everyone angry. <laughs> he is really Cody is actually uh, uh, Cody is does win our Jazz Stevens Award for this week. Jazz Stevens, uh, the greatest real estate agent in the West. Who uh, uh, we we do a little. Uh, I give a little trophy out every week sure. to uh, you know the way you know the way real estate agents always have a million <laughs> little trophies for you know most rental sales in sure. Werribee in October. Yeah, so <laughs> so they they they're one of our sponsors now, and they're yeah. good. They they mm. deserve all the trophies. I think mm. I believe they've won the Nobel Prize for real estate agents and mm. and best real estate Oscar. Uh, but award goes to Cody Waitman mm. for uh, really personifying the spirit of Good Friday, in that. He do- dominated the goal scoring in that first quarter. Four goals. Yeah. Then went, you know, didn't kick any goals yeah. for for two for two pretty much three quarters, and then in time on on the last quarter, He's rose from the dead and kicked <laughs> yes. his fifth. He died for three quarters. <laughs> yes. and then he was well, resurrected. He didn't die. He just died <laughs> at goal kicking. Yes. Because he was dominating other parts yeah, of yeah. the field. He was but doing good pressure. Congratulations, good pressure. Cody Waitman. It was good pressure. By the way, the whole team was good pressure. Last last week as well, I, I did whinge a little bit about low pressure against the Tigers. And yeah. so everyone's talking about the goal kicking. They weren't talking about the pressure. The pressure gauge this week, I did predict they'd come out hard. Oh, yes. The, the pressure gauge this week was awesome. It was elite, above average. It was really, really good. It was right back to their best. Yeah. So, so that was good. The pressure was back. <laughs> and so, and you told me off air you though you've got a bit of a, a, a glass half empty mindset yeah. at the moment. Yeah, there's things I'm worried about because we we, we did, did have a great win, but yeah. and there's good stuff. There's good stuff. By the way, one more good thing before we say the negative, please. Mitch Wallace as Medisub. Oh yeah, that's gonna work. Oh yeah, that's gonna work because number one, it minimizes. I mean, you know, he's he's not quite as mobile as he used to be. He's had some terrible injuries yep. over the course, and that minimizes the deficiency. Like, as you get him on for a quarter and a half, he's a great kick for goal. He's crafty. He's smart. Also, he's a coach on the bench for the yeah. first half when yep. he's seen there. I was watching in the first quarter on uh, on the broadcast, and every time they went to the bench, he was there talking to people, whispering to people, and stuff. He's basically a coach. So it's really works really well. He's, yeah. a, he's a good medisub, and I hope they stick. They keep him there. I mean, I hope, I hope he gets in the 22 as well, but if not... But if you use perfect. him as a medisub, that means we've got someone who can't play the next week. Well, you know, if you... there is that. <laughs> so but what we should have done... Don't, don't piss on my with, pride. With Lockie Hunter, 
Right. <laughs> just let him play the first quarter and then let him take a break <laughs> yes, for yes, yeah. uh, personal yeah. issues. Look, we don't know the story, obviously. Yeah. No. Um, uh, for, you know, we wish Lockie all the best. I'm sure he'll be leaked very soon. <laughs> <laughs> don't get Bevo thumping me. I shouldn't make jokes like that. No. <laughs> but, uh, There'll be a yeah. guy called Morris Thompson just <laughs> revealing it all. Oh, God. Um, but yeah, but no, the, the thing which I'm a little bit nervous about is I'm a bit nervous about the mids. And and because given what I just told you that we need to smash the opposition in the midfield, yeah. in order to to, I feel like there's a story that hasn't been reported so much during this year because the goal kicking has been taking their people's focus is that our mids aren't really performing as they have in previous years. Now okay. I don't know if it's if it's just temporary poor form. I don't know if it's um, if. I'm 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 a little bit worried that some of them are getting a bit old. Like Libba, I know Libba has had COVID, so and sometimes it takes a while to come back from that. Yes, yes. But even last year, I think I know off air. We I told you a few times last year. I was worried that he was staying a fade at the end of third quarters. Okay, and yep. like yeah, you know, just I mean he was still having great games, still having great games. But I just feel like he might be. He might be feeling the miles a little bit. He's got the hardest job well, in I, the team. I was, uh, coming up after uh, I talked to Chaz, uh, mm. Clay Smith, uh, yep. premiership hero. Mm. I've got a long interview with him coming up very soon. Off air, uh, chat, uh, Clay and I did have a chat about Liver because he's. Yeah. Uh, I think uh, Liver, Liver and Clay are still very close. I yeah, think yeah. he says that's a, his best yeah. friend of the former players. Um, something he did say off air, and I hope I'm not – uh, you know, speaking too much out of mm. school, but uh, Libba is in a very happy place. Oh, so, it, it, so he's saying he's not angry like he might have once been. Yes. Yes. yes, that could be the problem. Maybe we need to start annoying Libba a bit more to get the Mongol. Because yeah, he's, he's 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 loving his kid. He's loving his he's he's loving his footy. He'll go have a go in about his tats or something. Yeah, but he loves all that. Oh, okay, <laughs> all right. Look, I don't know what it is, but all, all, all I'm saying is that the that if you look at across the board, I mean, English is is better than he's ever been. Yes, like like he, he's now getting close to to squaring hitouts, yep. which is you know, as unheard of in previous seasons. He's really becoming a weapon. Yet, nevertheless, we are our clearances compared to other teams, our contested ball compared to other teams is much lower this year than it's been previously. And if you look at the player ratings, which I don't know if you know much about the champion data player ratings, I won't go into detail because they're because they're very complicated and it'll take forever. Yep. But they Thank are you. they aren't a bad they aren't a bad measure if you compare how someone went last year to this year. Okay. Like like comparing different positions is hard. But comparing the same person over time, I yeah. think, is easy. And if you look at them, they, the mids have all dropped off apart from Jack McRae. Jack mm-hmm. McRae is basically number two in the league at the moment. Yep. Like he's, he's doing really well. But like if you just look at, for instance, Bont is the number two in the league over the last 40 matches. Okay. That's good. Over the last five matches, he's number 15. Uh, uh, Dale is, is steady on 29. Liberatore over the last 40 matches is number six in the league. Great. He's number 62 over the last five. Less great. And the uh, and Tim English has gone right up. He's gone from 54, number 54 over the last 40 matches yep. to number 17 nice. over the last five. Yep. Apart from that, Caleb Daniel, Bailey Smith, Trelaw, all of them have dropped right off. Dunkley's off the map. Really? The, uh, yeah. And so it's um, – it's interesting, and they're playing Dunkley in the forward line a lot for some reason. I yeah. don't understand. It's like now with Hunter out as well, who's who, by the way, hasn't had the greatest first five matches either, but he's our best two-way runner. Bailey Smith's doing 
a good job as, as the, the apprentice, yeah. but the um, but you, know, you need more than one player doing that. Like it's it's I f- I worry that the midfield they're not going to be smashing any unless they pick up some form. They're not going to be smashing any team soon, and we need them to win. Right. So, so yeah. So we absolutely we, yeah. everyone talks about us having the greatest midfield in the league. It's not that surprising that mm. where those ratings are down, just mm. given what we've seen, even without mm. looking at the numbers. The real question is. Is this just uh, you know a slow start to build up yeah. because you don't want to be peaking in April, sure. Melbourne? <laughs> uh, but you also you know, or or is this going to continue for the rest of the year? Yeah, yeah. Look, I mean, this this might just be yeah a slow start. But I will say that I wouldn't be saying it's because of losses because in the past our midfield have always done well. Even yeah. when we lose, they've yeah. always done well. So this is unusual. This is the first time I've seen this blip in about three years. Okay. So like I said, it might just be a slow start, but just it's just something to watch, that's all. Like it's early days, but just something to watch. And the um and that worries me a little bit. The other thing that worries me a little bit is I feel another thing that hasn't been mentioned much is I think we're missing Eastern Wood in <laughs> in a big way. Okay. Like in that I feel like we're really struggling for f- for flexibility in the in the in, on the half back line, like our deliverers, like Ballydale's still doing what he does, Caleb Daniel's still doing what he does, but the intercept marks aren't really happening. No, and this this week's going to be a great test because Easternwood would have played on Taylor Walker. Yeah, like Easternwood plays tall and he's versatile, and Taylor Walker's really playing well at the moment. And he's, oh, he's only played one game, but he two played games. well. Is it two games? Two games, yep, yeah, and okay. they're both been great games. Okay, and like against and, and, what Richmond and uh, who else did they who play? Was it, who was it, who was it, the, the week before? I've forgotten. God, I can't believe I don't have Adelaide's fixture just at the <laughs> top of my mind. <laughs> you look at while while I keep on saying, and he's kicking balls, and he's kicking goals from everywhere. He's take, taking them out of the ruck. He's oh, he, ab, uh, Essendon. Yeah, and he's he's kicking them off the ground. He's doing great, great mark mark uh, kicking. He's he's. And when he plays well, the rest of the Adelaide forward line plays a lot better because Himmelberg gets off the leash. Yeah. And like it just and yeah, and we don't have Keith. Keith would be another person who would who would play on Taylor Walker quite comfortably. I I'm not what I'm not sure we have the player. Well, Tim O'Brien was brought in for this role. Oh, yeah, he's only played one game so far. Give him a chance to gel with the side. I know, but he's he, I mean, look, we'll see. We'll see. And I mean, Gardner's doing well. And yeah, Gardner's doing great. Bailey Williams not doing so great. No, he's another person who who might have potentially played on Taylor Walker, even though he's shorter than Taylor Walker. Not much t- shorter. Taylor Walker isn't that tall. But he's faster. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But the but he's not not in great form. I'm just I'm I'm concerned that that at the moment we. <laughs> We could be exposed from the half-back line in defence, I'm talking about. Well, we all know uh, Taylor Walker did uh, six weeks uh, banning for racial slurs. Do we put Buku Kamas? <laughs> <laughs> that is great thinking. That's outside-the-box the thinking. You. Well, Buku, he dominated the VFL, so yeah. he's surely due for a call-up. Look, it, it'd be, be worth a go. It'd yeah. be worth a go. Like, I do feel like – I mean, he, he can intercept, so I feel like it'd be – it would be a um, – it's worth a try because I, I do think we're missing that player. Like, it's funny because, you know, two years ago we had 50 of those players. Like, it seemed everyone – like, Crozier was in great form. Yeah. And, the uh, and yeah, and obviously you had Easton Wood and there was one other I've, I've already forgotten. <laughs> um, well, Pico, you could play in that role. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that was oh, – I, 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 I slipped my mind. There was, we, had, we had at least four good intercept markers two years ago and at the moment – 
we got great distributors, not so much intercept markets. Okay. And, so, and then Keith, Keith can intercept markets, but he's usually playing the gorillas, so that's not his job. <laughs> yeah, and now he's not even there. So it's um, but anyway. And you mean the big players, not the old Fitzroy side, <laughs> Fitzroy gorillas. <laughs> so, but that's what I'm worried about. I'm worried about the halfback line and worried about the mids, which is yeah, that's that's three quarters of the team. <laughs> so, so I'm a little well, worried. This is great. You're not worried about our forwards. <laughs> no, no, this forwards, is fun. no, forwards are good. And the only thing I'd say about the forwards is I reckon someone needs to have a whisper to Juh and tell them to not try and outmark Aaron Norton. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's my only criticism of him, but that'll come in tight. They don't yeah. seem to be yeah. talking over yeah. who's going. Maybe they just divide the 50-metre arc into two halves and, you know, yeah. Norts just stays in one place and Jamara in the other. I'm not sure. Yeah. But I am I am excited about Ballarat. I'm mm. worried about playing the Crows there because we normally play uh, the Lions or the Suns there mm. and they die of hypothermia <laughs> and it becomes the fortress. But uh, Crows, I think we've we definitely beat them in 2019 to make the finals mm. there. I'm not sure if we played them another time and lost. I've, maybe I've just always got uh, trauma thinking about Adelaide. <laughs> but they're, they're, they're playing better than people expected. They're playing great. Yeah. They're playing great. They, and they I, I really do think Tyler Walker helps them a lot coming back. Yeah. And they've got some great youngsters. Uh, but Sloan is out. Sloan's done his, uh, in, done his injury. Look, 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 midfield aren't their strong point. Yep. The, uh, but this, this, is, this is actually a great test for our mids. Can we completely slaughter them? Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, like I, actually think, I actually think Adelaide are more susceptible to our mids than North were. Even though North are a bottom team. Yeah. The, uh, I think Adelaide midfield is their real weak point. So it's a... So we could potentially fix all those player ratings in one game. <laughs> oh, see, this is good positivity. Where will you be? Are you, you're not going up to Ballarat? I'm not going to have Ballarat watching more shows, um, but I will be watching it on TV. Yeah, a live? Uh, they will hear me. Yeah, I'll watch it live. Oh, they, sweet. They, they'll hear me screaming from, from my hotel room. <laughs> <laughs> well, we should watch together. We could, yeah. we could do that. We'll Because we'll, uh, I've got to do my comedy festival show, which is on uh, Saturday and Sunday. All proceeds go into Ukraine Crisis Appeal. Thank so you. come along and see it or Putin wins. Your fault. Um <laughs> Uh, called up and about uh, tickets still available I've got to be in the city for a tech run about 3 o'clock so I'm thinking oh, of just okay. going into town to have a pub lunch and Let's do it. watch it alright yeah. brilliant well nice. if you want to you know find out where we are uh, and <laughs> come and, and watch with us yeah, buy a ticket to my show send me a photo Excellent. of it and then I'll tell you where Chaz and I will be <laughs> Chaz thanks for filling in it's a pleasure I'm uh, really looking forward to what, hearing what Clay Smith has to say he was, my, he was like my hero well it's awesome let's do it now yeah. When did you finish? 2017, 18. Start of 18. Start of 18. So you and Boydie, yeah. same. Just, yeah. And, that's, and we've been rubbish ever since. Yeah, pretty much. Nah. <laughs> they're, going, they're going all right. We, uh, we've pulled our finger out a little bit this year, which is all right. How much do you watch? I watch, don't ask my missus, but I watch nearly every game. Every game of football I can watch at home, I watch. Yeah, okay. I'm a bit of a footy nut, like... I don't keep stats or anything, but if there's a game of footy on TV, I'll watch it. Yeah, I'm the same. Um, yeah, went home for Easter and the three games on Sunday, I was watching from midday till 10 o'clock that night. <laughs> did you go through the falling out of love with footy that a lot of yeah. you know, ex-players did? So what? How long, how long did you not watch for? I watched, but I couldn't go to a game for oh, about okay. two years. Right. Yep. Um, I just struggled to be around people like mad supporters and people that would think that I should still be out there and sort of saying that to me um, and me knowing that I couldn't be out there. Yeah. Um, that I, c- I could watch it at home and I still got, I got frustrated, I guess, watching and 
and knowing if I was fit and healthy that I would be out there. Yeah. Um, so that was hard to probably grasp. Um, and it wasn't until I sort of accept, accepted that I wasn't going to play um, football or sport at an elite level ever again. Um, and I got comfortable with that. And um, it was probably after seeing my psych and psychiatrist and everything and yeah. and moving on with my life um, that I I accepted it and now I enjoy it and I um, I wish all the boys at Annapolis and the jumper on all the best. Wow. Because it would be – you would have spent your whole life, you know, making you, – you know, your, your, your identity is your, your Clay Smith, the athlete – and then, and then suddenly that's taken away from you. You've got to rebuild your whole identity. That yeah, must have been pretty much. Well, I, I think um, having such lows with all the knees and then <laughs> um, getting the highest of highs, um, I'm grateful. And I, I think I would have probably left footy um, with a bit of a sour note if I didn't get that, just um, yep. spending so long on a list and, and spending over half of it in rehab. And then <laughs> was it over half your career? It was just about. Well, I was there seven years, I think, and oh, I was for three knees and a shoulder, and so yeah. There's only three. Okay, my yeah. had four oh, knees. I had three. three we'll probably add one. Three ACLs and three clean outs. So six surgeries on the knee. Oh, um, all right. Let's go back to the start. Where did you Where did you grow up? Uh, down in Bansdale. Nice. I was born in Perth. Um, only there for three or four months. I think I don't remember a thing at that age. But uh, and then yeah, moved to Bansdale. Yeah, right. And so, and who'd you go for growing up? Um, I was a Bombers fan growing up. That's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. That was a good time to do it. Yeah, well, I think I think that's why. I think all the kids in primary school were just going for winning teams. And, oh, man, yeah. Um, so I was a little bandwagoner and jumped on the Bombers. And when did you get drafted? 2011 draft. Okay, so you had 10 years of pain. Yeah. As soon as the drug saga happened, yeah. you went, I'm, I'm, I'm off. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I, was at, I was at the doggies when all that happened, so I was... I wasn't associated with him <laughs> at that time, which was nice. And when was the – how long did you get before you did your knee the first time? One and a half years. Okay. So I played – So McCartney brought you in? Yeah, 16 yep. games in my first year uh, and then 14 of the first, 15 in my second and then did my knee That's pretty good. against Essendon <sighs> in, in my second year and then – Oh, hey, no, it would have been Rocket Eid that brought you in. No, McCartney's oh, first year. Yep. Okay, all yep. right. Macca's first year. So 2012 was his first year and my first year. And it worked out, you know, and he yeah, played well, a fair he, bit of me. Yeah, well, he liked um, inside midfielders, so it worked in my favour. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I played round one that year and kicked four in my first game against West Coast and gave everyone high expectations and then didn't kick a goal for another few weeks. <laughs> You just teased us. Yeah. <laughs> but you were originally considered as like a younger version of Eastern Wood. Is that fair? Like high No, I don't, I don't think so. No. No. Okay. I've got yeah. that. You've right. got the wrong one there. There's, My research is a terrible. There's no high intercept marking from me, that's for sure. <laughs> My vertical leap's probably my worst attribute. Yeah. Um, I think they sort of brought me in to replace Cal Ward. Yeah. They called him Cement Head and yeah. then Will Minson tried to call me that for a while. <laughs> I think it's fair to say. I oh, think. yeah, I think there's a bit of cement in there. <laughs> <laughs> so we're with the first knee against Essendon, yep. and you're out for, I mean, how old are you then? So I would have been 19, or probably just turned 20. Just turned 20, yep. all right. And, you know, you've played, so you've got about I'd played 30 games. games. Yeah, 30 games, did my first, come back, and it was exactly on a year later against Essendon in the VFL, um, and did my second. I was actually probably meant to play that week. Um, in the AFL, Macca told me I was going to play, and then a few of the old boys by the names of um, Adam Cooney and Ryan Griffin got back from injury, so 
he said, just go and have one more week in the VFL and we'll bring you in. And Griffin, that, that, ruining our club again. That one more, <laughs> that one more week. Uh, but uh, you, you can never control those things. But, yeah, it just so happened that it was a year to the day and against oh. the same club. So I said, I might not ever play Essendon again in any, in any form. Um, yeah, they're really vindictive for yeah. you jumping off the bandwagon. Come on, he, he stopped supporting for a good reason. He got drafted. <laughs> yeah, and then um, the third was... Oh, pretty close to a year after that. Against St Kilda. Yep. Yeah, right. So which one was your favourite? <laughs> well, the first one was probably the hardest to deal with um, just because I'd never spent that long on the sideline. I'd never had an injury made me miss footy in any way, shape or form. And uh, I did a knee and then they told me I wasn't going to be playing for nine to 12 months and it, that sort of shook me a bit. Yeah. Uh, so when I did the second, I probably knew what I was in for. And by the time I did the third, I was sick of it. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, I remember you telling me once uh, about the different um, things they inserted into your knee. I don't know. Oh, the, the graphs term. that they took, yeah. The graphs. So what yeah. was the, the first one? The first one was, so that they took it from the same side, so my right hamstring. Okay. Second one, they took the left hamstring. And then the so third. What, what do they actually do here? They, grab- they take your hamstring graph. So they take part of your hamstring. Yep. And then they, and they that, put that, that over the knee. And they do that for everyone. That becomes your ACL ligament. So they put that through the centre of your knee. And that's, what do they do with the old one? Just throw it away or is it? Well, it's snapped. So so no good. Yeah. They can't sew it back together. Yeah, I don't think that's... So this is what's going on with Josh Bruce and Toby McLean right now. Yeah. Just, just they've, they've taken bits of your hamstring yeah. and putting it there. And so the first one, how, how thick a piece oh, of I don't know take? on the hamstrings, but they told me my quad was a centimetre thick, which was... That's huge for a graft. They had to, I think they had to make the hole through my knee bigger for it to fit through. And <laughs> he said, if I snap that, I'm doing well. And I actually haven't snapped that again. Um, <laughs> it was just the cartilage and meniscus has gone in the knee, and the arthritis has kicked in, and I couldn't, uh, I couldn't get through that. So I haven't snapped the third one yet. Touch wood. But it's it's, it's so it's it's a quad, and that's from your quad. So this one yeah. from your butt. Yeah, no, from a quad on top of the quad leg. on top. Yeah, all right, yeah. I didn't. I went to a state school. I don't know yeah. all the body parts. So that's the top of the thigh. Yeah. All right. So <laughs> that one was nice and thick, but the recovery was longer. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, it took about twelve months to get back from the third. As I recall, so you did that one against St Kilda, and that was yeah. the. Is that the game? That's 2015. Yeah, we obviously, were, where we're up we're by 80 up, points. Up by, yep, well over 50, I think, going into. And then I'd, I'd heard it. I'd come back on, and then it gave That's way right. again. And that was just before half time. We come out, and I think it was over a hundred point turnaround. So, and all the boys, I mean, is that sort of heartening? The way it sort of demoralised the whole side, showed how popular you were with the group. <laughs> yeah, well, you don't really want to give up that bigger lead, but. No. Um, it didn't make sitting on the bench any easier to watch, that's for sure. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah, it was It was not a good day for me or the club. No, it was a really depressing match. I recall just really getting angry at that, almost as much as a year later when uh, you know Mitch broke his leg against – it was yeah. both against the Saints. Yep. And, uh, yep. and Red Path did his knee. Yeah. God, the Saints have just been pricks to us. Yeah. They're like our bombers to you. Yes, pretty much. <laughs> now, I did speak to Boydie before recording. Uh, he says hi to all the listeners. Um, he wanted to talk about the different iterations of your career, like, uh, uh, you know, starting out uh, in certain positions. Did, you, did they move you into different positions because of the injuries? Uh, and he's got a follow-up question, but let's answer that one first. Um, I don't think they moved me into different positions. I don't think I could... Different roles, I guess. I, I played forward um, 
a little bit, but it was more I played sort of that mid forward rotation. But I think my the way I play footy is sort of hunting the footy and seeing the ball and getting the ball and um, I'm not the classiest, smoothest kick, so you're not going to put me off a half-back flank. Um, and <laughs> you I would have been good in, like, full-back, uh, you know, just messing someone if up. If I was another six inches taller. Uh, okay, yeah. I'm not, I'm not even six foot, which is not very nice to say. I'm six foot in footy boots. <laughs> what, what's that, centimetres? I'm 181 and a half. Oh, wow. So, I think six foot's 183 or 182 and a half. So, I'm about a centimetre, centimetre and a half off six. Okay, all right. We'll put and you it's, on the only, it's only going to go downhill from there as I get older. <laughs> but, um, yeah, that, I played a lot of – I played a little bit more through the wings. Um, I was relatively fit, um, sort of in the top – Two, three runners the whole time I was at the club and um, so I could cover the ground well. Early days, I, uh, I I tended to cramp a fair bit my first year or so. That was embarrassing. I remember coming off in my first game with full body cramps and Ooh. I'd kick four. I think it was in, within – I kicked – it was by nearly the end of the third quarter and then I literally couldn't walk. Calves, hammies, quads, all gone and then Jared Grant come on and the crowd was booing. It sounded like they were booing him coming on but I think it was me going off and getting oh, subbed out of the game. <laughs> so, um, Oh, this is back in the day of the yeah, Kermit vest. Yeah, the old green vest. So, um, yeah, I played... Did we win that game? I'm guessing no, 2011, we so no. No, we are playing against West Coast and I think Kennedy kicked about seven or eight against us. Yeah. He had a day out. Poor Long Marco. Time. Marco uh, had his hands full that day. Which, uh, which one? Lucas Markovic. Oh, oh yeah, Markovic. His, yeah. God, I've not thought about him for ages. How's he going? Yeah, good, I think. Actually, yeah, one of the questions, well, we, we jump all over the shop when Boydie's not here. Um, who, do you, who do you still keep in contact with? Um, keep in contact with a few. I still speak to Red a little bit. Um, oh, what's Red up to? Well, he's got his little boy now. So, um, yeah, he's, he's flat out with that. So Tommy, I think, will find out about that. With, <laughs> yeah. um, his little boy, I'd like to congratulate him. And, a little girl, yeah. yeah. Oh, sorry, little, right. little girl. Uh, congratulate them both Little on that. Armani is yeah. her name, and I have to keep double-checking which it is. I've already apologised to Boydie because I said, how's Versace going? <laughs> <laughs> and he's such a good bloke, he goes, at least you didn't say Billabong. <laughs> <laughs> Rip Girl or yeah. Roxy. Um, yeah, yeah, so Jackie's got that, and I still catch up with Libra a fair bit. Oh, Libs, um, yeah. yeah, nice. He's good. He's got his little boy as well, little Oscar. Um, but yeah, I caught up with him for lunch the other day, so it's, it's pretty tough. Working six days a week and then I'm boxing Monday, Wednesday, Friday. I'm yeah. coaching Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. So holy crap! Yeah. All right. Well, uh, let's 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 go in order. This. First, yeah. What's your day job? Yeah. So I'm in construction still. I jumped over to a former company at the start of this year. I got off the steel, which I'd been on for four years. It was uh, taxing on the body to say the least. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Lugging steel around all day. So I uh, I jumped over and it's probably been the best thing I've done for my body in a while. Um, you, are you part of the tunnels? Yeah, the tunnels? still still on the tunnels. So I've been at Anzac the, Station. Sorry, the big metro. Yeah, the metro uh, underground. Big build, yeah. whatever the government's calling it. So I've been on the same site for just over three years. Yeah. So it's been nice. I'm part of the furniture there now. Is uh, it hard going from a footy club environment to everyday work? Yes. Yes and no. Um, I mean, financially would be the biggest surprise. Yeah. You, Unless you you're on six you still figures. Get, you still get paid well. Um, in the construction industry, as some people have um, pointed out, with the traffic control and that, they're on <laughs> they're on some pretty good coin. But really? how much do you get for holding a lollipop sign? Oh, they take home about two grand a week. So oh, no, okay. yeah, all right. yeah. So <laughs> I'll, I'll yeah, shut up. Yeah, it's not too bad. Um, but it, I guess when I finished footy, I uh, I went off the rails a little bit and lost my way, and it 
it was probably due to having no direction and, and nothing to focus on and once I did get a job and, and started to have something to do, it probably pulled me in the line a little bit. So, um, and being in construction, I guess it's it's similar to a like a footy club sort of vibe. Like there's a lot of men and banter, and um, we do have our women and stuff on work sites. But you, you get that banter and a laugh with the boys on on the site. So, um, I enjoy that aspect of it. Do you feel the same sense of purpose? Um, not quite. <laughs> um, you're not on TV and you're not really kicking goals but um, it, it, it's cool to watch some of the things that get built and the, prog- uh, the progress that you see on the on the project um, but I guess that's it's not a sport it's uh, nah. it's more of a job when uh, when sports your job it's it's pretty good yeah um, do you feel it, the it, camaraderie with your fellow trainees? I do yeah we've got some some good boys that we work with and a lot of my old steel steel fixing Mates are there still, so I still see them on the job site. Um, but yeah, I'm there six days a week. We do ten hours Monday to Oof. Thursday. Oof, you're so running from your there from six thirty till five, and then Oof. you get eight hours on a Friday, which is a, a bonus, and six on a Saturday. Oh man! So yeah, she I mean, uh, takes up a bit of time. Yeah, absolutely. And now you mentioned you you spoke to you had a psychologist or therapist. Yeah, or I was whatever. still seeing Lisa, um, who was. I was at the club. Yeah, oh, so boy, she was. One. She was my psych, and then I was um, seeing a psychiatrist as well. So, how long, you said you went off the rails for a bit? Was there a period where you didn't see a psych, or yeah, or, or was yeah. there a moment that made you go, "Hey, I better talk to someone"? Yeah, I uh, <laughs> I hit rock bottom, I think, um, and I reached out to my partner and and um, yeah, her and her mum and and my support crew sort of got me the help that I needed and. Um, set up a foundation for me to, to get myself back on track and get our life and our relationship and everything going again. And um, it was the best thing I did. I got off the drink, um, stopped gambling and oh, gambling. and started owning up to the things that I was doing wrong and started to make my wrongs right and uh, haven't looked back. Well done, mate. That must have been tough. I was, but I needed to do it. Um, yeah. I just, yeah, it took me too long to reach out, which is... It's not the right way to go about it. Um, Are you still with your partner? Yes. Your, your wife now? Yeah, married wife, now. yeah. Sarah, been, isn't it? Yeah, Sarah. Yeah. yeah, she's not here at the moment. She vacated the house. <laughs> we are. I am at Clay Smith's house. Yeah. It's very uh, clean and uh, oh, something- It's clean. She was up this morning cleaning it and then she palmed over the, the mop and the steamer to me. and oh. Mate, it's looking brilliant, especially, uh, you know, you've got a dog going around and oh, I'm seeing- very- We have a husky and she leaves hair everywhere, so- yeah. I can see the spot you missed under the yeah. couch. But oh. what, one thing that's great, listeners, is uh, I've been to you know a fair few of the uh, 2016 Bull Gods houses, and uh, Clay Smith actually does have a bit of memorabilia on the wall, which is great. I think you should be acknowledging. Well, I think now the that I'm retired, day. I sort of have to celebrate it that way. The boys that are still playing it might be a little bit weird, but yeah, fair enough. Yeah, that's my uh, claim to fame these days. So, well, I hope Jongy, if you're listening, you've chucked something up on your wall. Finally. Oh, Jungy, I don't think he'd get around to it too quick. <laughs> <laughs> actually, Boydie's finished his renovation now. And I've got, there's nothing – his walls are actually plain. It's just like a, it's like an Ikea catalogue. Yeah. Anyway, let's not talk about that. Um, and tell us, tell us about the boxing. <coughs> um, so I did a little bit when I did finish up. Um, that's probably what helped me get back on track when I did have my downfall. I um, contacted the old gym, uh, the gym in Yarraville, and – and did a eight week fight camp and had a fight at the end of it and loved it. And then uh, I was actually going to have my first pro fight on Wildfighter and then 
the good old COVID hit. Yeah, yes. I put a that. whole halt on everything. And So you haven't had a fight yet? No, not since then. I've had one. Yep. How'd uh, you go? Yeah, I had a win. Yeah. Main event. And Undefeated. Yeah. So in grand finals and the ring. So um, and then topic um, from team team Alice Jim contacted me. Oh, we a good two and a half three months ago and and asked if I was interested in having a fight and I'd put on a few kilos by this stage and <laughs> um, I probably needed something to focus on and get me fit again and then I said I'll come down and have a look at the gym and and I haven't looked back. It's um it's it's a really good gym. Um, really good family gym and uh, good for everyone, different ages and uh, men, women, kids. Uh, and so it's it's been awesome. So I've been going there for probably three days a week for the last nearly three months. And So you're working 10 hour days and then how long how long do you, you, are you training for? So about an hour. So okay, m- cool. Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I'm out at the boxing and then I'm coaching Point Cook Um so I'm in out, the footy. Yeah, in the footy. I'm a senior assistant out there, and so that's Tuesday, Thursday, and then games on Saturday, Avo. So from Monday to Saturday, I'm I'm booked up. Yeah, day and night. That's so amazing. I got you. I get this. I get home most nights of the week, probably oh, eight thirty, nine o'clock from leaving at probably five quarter past five in the morning. Get home eight thirty, nine o'clock at night. Jeez. Man. So <laughs> <laughs> it's probably why man the mister doing so well. She don't have to put up with me at home. <laughs> Um, but no, nah, it is. She's very supportive and um, probably realises that I do need um, things away from work that interest me and that I'm passionate about. Um, and oh, it makes, come on, digging tunnels. Uh, Everyone loves that. It <laughs> makes me a, a better person to be around. So I'm really enjoying the football and the boxing side of things. And um, yeah, we'll see where it goes. What do you do Sundays? Well, that's the day with the missus. So, right. yeah, and, and so, that's when uh, you watch footy. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, so yeah, we normally I'll get up, go for brekkie if there's a Sunday market on, and and do some cooking, some nice home therapy cooking, yeah, and um, just relax. It's my day. I try and sleep in, um, but my body doesn't seem to know what that is. I've had probably the last four days off. I've got another a week. We don't go back to after Anzac Day, so and I don't think I've slept past six a.m. any of those days yet, and I'm not doing anything. So it sucks. <laughs> like I'll, I just, I just want to sleep to like maybe eight a.m. Like, man, I'm the same, but I blame it on the kids. Yeah, but. well, I have nothing to blame it on, and I wake up at like five most mornings, and because I'm not going to work, Sarah's like, "Can you shut up?" <laughs> like, because I'm laying in bed and I'm either on my phone or I'm tossing and turning, and she's like, "Just go up and go do something." So I've been getting up and going for runs at like five in the morning, like just to kill time. Because I'm like, what else do I do? So. Yeah, you need to, I don't know, get back on the pokies. Yeah. No, don't do that. <laughs> yeah, so I get up and then I generally get a coffee and bring that back there in bed as a little sorry. <laughs> oh, you're a good man. Yeah. And so tell us about the, the fight. Tra- you, who are you fighting in a couple of weeks? Uh, so Luke Packham. Luke Packham. Did you meet? Don't know him. Never met him. Um, him and his brother were on Love Island and the block, the okay. latest thing oh, in the block. Oh, right. Yes, I so vaguely know. Yeah, twins. Yeah. So how do you know which one you're fighting? And how do you know they're not going to do a switcheroo halfway through Well, one of them's fighting in the fight before, so. Oh, okay. I don't think you'll want to back it up with another one. Um, <laughs> and, but, uh, and, I mean, how do you – I know nothing about boxing, but I do know that uh, – I think if Jerry Seinfeld has a stand-up bit about how the boxing should always have a bit of realism to it in that you should – Trying to like have a car crash beforehand, so the road rage is the reason for the fight. 
Do you, how do you, do you build up him as an enemy or is it just like, do you, do you see him as a bag? Um, I, I definitely, uh, I'm not a shit talker or anything before a fight. That's um, not what Heath Shaw says. Yeah, I'll, um, <laughs> I'll wait till I get in the ring and let my hands do the talking. But um, no, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, Do, does it, it help to have an emotional reason? Like, are you going to pretend that he's wearing a GWS jumper? No, nah, I don't think so. Like, I intend to hurt him, but uh, <laughs> once the fight's done, um, I've got no dramas with him. But yeah. um, he's getting in there to knock my head off, and I'm getting in there to knock his off. So, um, yeah, I'm not going to be friends with him during the bell. Yeah, fair enough. And who's your boxing influences? Or fighting influences. Um, and keep them very famous for a muggle like me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, I, I didn't probably follow it too much um, growing up. Um, I was sort of more just into my sports. So um, I'm liking a lot of the Australian box at the moment, watching Tim Zhu. Um, yeah. I think he's an incredible fighter and um, some of the American boys. And it's good to see George Cambosis coming back to fight in Australia. Um Going to watch Sarafa and Hardman tonight, so hoping that they put on a show. But um, yeah, I'm I'm just starting to get more and more interested in watching it and and the sport of boxing. It's it's not just street fighters and thugs. It's it's actually skill and a talent to it, and it takes a lot of dedication. So I think that's why I love it so much. Do you? Is there a rivalry between boxing and UFC people? Um. I don't know. I haven't spent too much time with UFC people, but it, it's a completely different. It is a different ball game. Um, I don't think too many UFC fighters would stand too much for a chance against a boxer in a boxing match, but I think vice versa. Yeah, you don't stand too much. Just the grappling and and the technical side of it compared to it's just a whole different ball game. So, um, kudos to both of them. Yeah, fair enough. So if we put Floyd Mayweather in and with Conor McGregor, because I know famously Conor McGregor took him on in boxing, yeah. not his sport. If we flipped it, Floyd Mayweather has oh, to go in a UFC against yeah, Conor McGregor. I don't think he'd be – you wouldn't even get in the ring in a UFC match against Conor if you were no, Floyd. I nah. <laughs> I, um, I just wouldn't – I wouldn't do anything with yeah. Conor to be safe. <laughs> Mate, let's go to listener mail because a lot of people were very excited to uh, have us – chatting to you a lot of people just just saying thanks and uh and oh when when are you boxing jake paul um that's from liam jake paul oh is, is jake paul yeah. someone else's yeah name? well he's a well, youtube he's a, no he's a youtube boxer i wouldn't mind fighting him because i'd make a few million dollars oh sweet yeah he's uh he's a, a youtube boxer he's a youtube turn he's actually had i think four or five fights now against some half decent opponents some that are washed up but He's, uh, so how does that work? So we started off doing videos of him just punching yeah, the bag. Oh, and then just doing stupid shit on YouTube. And and then, yeah, he's now, like, he's fighting on some of the biggest audiences and crowds and making millions. He's All right. Promotionally and um, business-wise, he's a, he's a very smart man. And some people have turned their nose up at it. and But money talks and That's people like, watch it. and Man, YouTube comedians sell the most tickets yeah, So uh, the comedy festival. Yeah, I wouldn't mind. Uh, he's got... He's probably got 20 kilos on me, so I don't know how quick I'd be getting in the ring with him. Do you prefer to put on weight or take weight off? Um, my body probably prefers me to take it off because it's a lot easier on my knee. Um, of course. I'm probably the lightest I've been right now since I was probably 16, 17 years old. Um, my last fight, I fought at, I think, 81 and a half to uh, 82 kilos, and I'm walking around now under 81. So I'll probably fight at around 79. Okay. Um, and I've just been running a bit more of late. I bought myself of a new pair of runners last week. 
Um, well, you got nothing no, else to do it for. No mate. crazy speeds or anything, but um, continual running is something that I haven't been able to do comfortably for a while, and the body actually feels pretty good. So um, I'm enjoying that side of it. All right. William wants to know what's drive you to keep pursuing footy after so many knee recos? Um, the game of footy itself. Yeah, nice. um, yeah I've, I loved it from a young age, and um, yeah, it's part of my life then now and will be forever uh this one's from danny sitting opposite you which footy which opposition player would you most like to fight in a boxing match probably toby green <laughs> <laughs> i think uh, i think that'd pull a fair crowd too oh yes i think toby might be it wouldn't be too bad at throwing them either oh no i honest i reckon you two would be awesome i think it'd be a pretty good scrap yeah. <laughs> maybe post footy we might be able to tee something up <laughs> Uh, Mike wants to know, have you considered, I mean, you're coaching at Point Cook, would you consider uh, a coaching role at the Dogs if they offered? Um, I definitely think I would consider it. Um, Can you get them to kick straight? Oh, that'd be nice. It was a lot better last week. It's, it's, not, it's not easy watching, watching them miss that often. Nah. I know no one intentionally does it, but it makes to winning games of footy very hard. So yeah. uh, it's definitely something I'd look into. I think I'm just starting out now. I've done, I did almost a year last year with um, Williamstown in the VAFA and enjoyed it. And this is my first full year of coaching and I'm loving it. So, um, yeah, we'll just – we'll see where it goes. But my uh, my life has to have footy in it in some way, shape or form. So, uh, yeah, we'll see what resonates. What's your favourite – I should give credit to this question because it's a pretty good one. Uh, what is, this is from uh, Gay. She wanted to know, what's your favourite memory of AFL? Oof. The grand final would have to be one. Um, it, it was it was incredible. That the grand final parade was was something we probably actually I actually took in and appreciated. That was that was special. A lot of people tend to think that I would say the prelim, but I was pretty emotionless after that game with with all that happened. So um, yeah, I, we will get into that. That's yeah, awesome. I, well, I, I think we'll finish with that. I probably didn't celebrate that game whatsoever. The prelim, so, yeah. Um, I look back now and appreciate what I did, but uh, my emotions after the game were, were completely blank. Yeah, fair enough. All right. We will get to that because that's how we finish. Um, will wants to know, how do you feel about a player like Rourke Smith? Do you ever think, uh, do you get find yourself more invested in the blokes who have battled through a bit of rehab? Uh, definitely. Um, so there's some players that go through their whole career with none and I wish I was someone like that and yeah. I hold no grudge against those sort of people like there is some luck in footy and, and you've got to have some and, and some people do do it the hard way and some people never actually get a chance. So it's good to see someone that's been through um, something and battled and and come out the other side and actually got some enjoyment out of their pain. So it's not all for nothing, I guess. <laughs> um, and who do you – like, you know, you're obviously watching the dogs every week. Who Are there any new players that maybe you didn't play with who you've sort of – taken a liking to like uh, a few people like, like Angus has asked a current day player that most resembles you I mean uh, do, you, do you like the players who play like you or do you just like I definitely appreciate the, those sort of players I think um, me and Libra and Pico were, were very similar we sort of did the hard stuff and um, left the flashy and fast stuff to to the other players but I definitely like watching um, Bailey Smith go about his footy he's yeah. um He's got it all. He can win his own footy. He's, he's good on the outside. and um, Yeah, he's he's a star already, and I think he's going to be for a long time. Um, like watching the rise of noughts. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, no, there's definitely some players that I enjoy watching. Is there any? Have you looked at any of the draftees and you've thought, yeah, you could be the Nick, you could be the hard nut? Um, I'm not too sure. I haven't seen too many of them play too often. Yeah, um, a lot of them. We got a lot of uh, the smaller forwards and the those sort of pressure forwards, Anthony Scott and stuff like that, and and they're applying their craft pretty well. Um, it's a pretty hard spot to hold down in in that side. And, um, like Leith Vandermeer, when he's fit, I think he's too fast for his own good. His, his <laughs> hammies can't keep up with him. He yeah. seems to have a bit of trouble, but when he's on the park, he's, he's good to watch. He's an aggressive little man too, which I like. All right, Leith, you're the new clay. We love you for it. Um, f- final question before we get into the 2016 prelim. Uh, Marcus wanted to know, uh, it's not Bontempelli, by the way, um, <laughs> is umpire abuse from the players really as big an issue for what the AFL's trying to make it? Because I imagine you weren't, you know, 100% polite all the time with the, the, the lads in green. I actually, I didn't voice my opinion too much towards the umpires. I say too much. Um, I, yeah, I, so, I sort of let my footy and attack to the talking, but I, I didn't, I wasn't much of a back chatter. Um, I didn't really have too many words with opposition players. I sort of did it by trying to hurt them or tackle them. And <laughs> in that way, it wasn't, it wasn't my words. I, I wasn't witty enough, I don't think. Liver's one that's probably good at that. He's, he's a bit, got a bit more wit than what I have. Um, but I think it is actually a problem. Like, the game at the moment, I probably don't like the way that they've tried to change the rules. And I think I think they tend to try and change too many rules each year. Yeah. Um, the game was in a good spot a couple of years ago, and I just don't think they needed to change it again. They just look for things to change and with the stand rule and the punishment for moving one step or one step backwards. and Yeah, step backwards. Now, yeah, that was like just it's, ridiculous. It's, it's confusing for the players. It's confusing for the umpires. It's confusing for the fans. And we're making the game so hard to umpire. I think that like they're getting it wrong a fair bit, but it's not their own It's not their fault. Like They've been made to learn all these new rules, try and think of three different rules for one scenario. They don't know if they're ducking their head or if what's going like. It's just, it's so hard to umpire at the moment and I think that's why fans are getting frustrated and just even putting your arms up in the air. I don't think it's um, that demonstrative or demeaning or like, you're allowed to ask a question. Yeah, Um, yeah. They're human as well and they make errors but you're still allowed allowed to speak. Um, I will just stop you there and just point out that that infringement was against James Sicily, so it's fine. Yeah, it's hilarious. Oh, I had a few run-ins with him as a player, um, but you take yeah. him on after you do Toby Green. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I think it is. I, it's the games. Just they need to get it back to. Just I reckon more. it peaked in 2016. Uh, bring back the th- yeah, third man third, up. Rule. Third man up helped us a lot, but. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it's it's just getting too technical now. And do you see much abuse at the uh, in, at the point cook level? Um, I think some players get frustrated with some calls. Yeah. Um, the umpires that we have definitely aren't are, uh, up to the <laughs> AFL standard. But mate, they're all out there doing their best, and and players will be players. Um, if you don't agree with a call, you let them know and you move on. But. Um, it's just we're in a day and age now where you, you just can't say anything. And if you do, you get penalised. So it's like I say to my players, they're not going to change their call. And I got told that during my career and <laughs> I probably still tried to make them sometimes. But um, it's just it's just the way it is now and you've got to accept it. And if you don't, then yeah, you end up losing. So um, it's just something you've got to adapt to like a lot of other things in life. So 
Good. You're getting philosophical. Oh, All right. Look at me go. I like this. All right, let's talk about... I'm a about coach now, mate. I have to. I've got to have some of this. And, you know. Let's talk about the 2016 prelim. You were the absolute story. Uh, probably, you know, for all the romantic stories of that match, you're probably number one. I mean, in the worst possible way with... Was it your best mate? Died yeah, one off. Crash? Yeah. 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 So you, and that was in Darwin. Yeah. So he was in a coma. Um, and then... Um, yeah, it wasn't doing so great. At when did all. this happen? So we, you've played on the it Friday. It happened before the Hawks, the Hawks game. Oh, okay. So went out for breakfast the Sunday after the Hawks game, and and my mates told me that he'd been in an accident and he was in a coma. And so you didn't know when you played the Hawks. Nah, they didn't okay. want to tell me before the game just in case because he was they put him in a coma and he was stable. So they waited till after it, and um, I'd spoke to the club and they were going to let me fly up and see him after the GWS game because uh, a few of my mates. Um, had gone up towards the end of that week So And then Yeah I think it was by the Tuesday Wednesday that, of that week they, of, um, of before of, the of GWS the prelim, Yeah yep. They uh, they pulled the pin on him um, And I Just even if he did come out of it I think um, There was going to be minimal Or to no brain activity And um, So so did you fly up? No, I didn't get a chance to. Right. Um, I was hopefully going to see him after the game if um, he was still with us. But unfortunately, uh, things didn't go that way. And um, so we had a lot of our friends from here and from the country come up to Melbourne and we sort of had a gathering. And, and So had, he was a bandstyle lad? Yeah, he was a bandstyle boy. Um, little rat bag like I was growing up. <laughs> Got his initials tattooed on my ass cheek from a lost bet. <laughs> Um, what, what was that bet over? Well, it was just hitting a golf ball in the backyard. I love that. I love that it's the dumbest thing ever. Yeah. Would he have to have got CS on yeah. this? Yes. And he was terrible <laughs> at golf and I wasn't too bad and he just fluked one and went straight in. I said, well, let's go. So we went straight to the tattoo shop and got his initials on me bum. What font did you choose? Oh, I don't even know what it is. I can't see it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah. Sarah's a patient woman, isn't yeah. she? Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so it, it was. It was a. It was one of the hardest weeks of my life to deal with. Did you think um, about not playing? Nah, I. Uh, I was always going to play. Um, he would have wanted me to play, mm-hmm. um, and it was probably an outlet for me um, to yeah. es- escape some of sitting around and overthinking things. Because um, once you do get out on the field, you sort of have to switch on to footy, and it, it gave me probably a break from thinking about all the negative things and the sad things and that's probably why when the game was finished that I didn't really celebrate it because uh, those thoughts do come back and and just knowing that he wasn't there, he didn't get to see the game and, and things like that. Just putting the armband on before the game, the black armband, like in tears before the game, things like that. It was tough. It was. And yet you used it to channel such raw energy into the game like yeah, I don't know how like I honestly like mate, I was I was on the piss two nights that week with the boys from back home just like reminiscing good memories sitting around a fire and so I don't know if I did that more weeks than I might have played <laughs> so well um, but like it is like it honestly my preparation wasn't the best for that game but it was it was played on raw emotion and, um, and did you know you wanted to get that first goal <laughs> 
<laughs> it panned out pretty well. And a few, a few mates made some money off me that day. <laughs> they uh, first goal and most goals. So they thanked Tory hit the post late in the game. Um, <laughs> that would have equalised. Yeah, no, he would have went to five. So oh, we both right. had four. So I think they get paid out for that. So they were pretty happy with first goal and most goals for the game. Um, but yeah, it was. It was a different game to prepare for, to be involved in. And my emotions were running very high on different fonts, just with the game itself being a prelim, with passing a Dale and probably just trying to accept and deal with that. So it mentally, it, by the end of that night, I, I was screwed. Like Jeez, I just, I was just mentally done. Did you fly back that night? Yeah, we flew back that night. Yeah. Yeah. Now, did did Bevo give you a different role that day or did he, did he almost just try and stay out of your way? Um. No, that, that's the thing. Like, it just becomes footy and structure and playing your role for the team. And um, I guess that's what made it easier. You you got to get out of your own head and switch on to what the team needs. And um, and that was probably what was good for me. Who was your direct opponent that day? I don't know, but the, the uh, GWS <laughs> boys weren't too happy when I kicked a couple in the uh, forward pocket from a couple of ruck contests. I remember Heath Shaw going off his head. So, <laughs> What do you think of Heath now? That was what a few Oh, I, I think he's an un- unbelievable player. Um, and, mate, I, I love players that wear their heart on their sleeve. Um, I think if you play with him, you'd absolutely love him. And when you play against him, you hate playing against him. But um, there's a lot of players like that. And they're your spirit, your spirit leaders, like um, Libra on our side. You used to have Hay- Hayden Ballantyne playing for Frio. Um, they're just – they are. They're, they're leaders of your club and, and they probably drive your voice and – and your emotions on the field. Sometimes it gets a better of him and he, he goes over the top, but that's just who he is, I think. Do you remember what Libba was saying to him? No, I don't. Oh, no. God, I, got a, I would love to go feel, back in love time. Love to be a fly on the wall in that oh, conversation. Yes. When did you start to feel happiness again after, like, obviously grand final week is so um, emotional anyway and for you, maybe you were numb for it? It, prob- it? it did. It took me a long time to... To reflect, go back. I didn't watch the grand final for about a year and a half. I didn't watch the prelim for the same time. I didn't watch any replays. Um, so it took me a while. I uh, I flew back to Bansdale, um in a helicopter for the funeral the week of the grand final. Um, the club actually organised that for me. I was meant to drive back and they didn't want me driving seven hours round in a car. Fair enough. Um, so they so actually... Peter Gordon got his private copter. Yeah, so the, they actually did, which I'm very grateful for. So I flew down, spoke at the funeral and went to the wake for a little bit and then... Do you have any beers? No, nah, no beers. Um, <sighs> Man, so you could have got the Norm Smith. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I was there for that, but I wanted to come back that afternoon to be... We had a training, a light training session okay. at the club. So That's I wanted cool. to get my head back into footy for the weekend. And put that behind me and um, focus on what what it was for that week being in, in an AFL grand final. So, At what point during the grand final did you relax and think we've won? Ooh, I think when Boydie kicked that goal and Bevo yeah, really? come down the race, I was, I was on the bench. Matty Boyd, I think, was next to me and he, he cuddled me and then Bevo come down and gave me a hug. So. And that's where you were for the siren? Huh? That's where you were for yeah, the siren? Yeah, I think, uh, yeah. Yep. You in that shot? It's very hard when when you watch the replay. Two you can't look at anyone but Bob. Yeah, because he's front and center, yeah. and the pure emotion on his face. Yeah, I think I spent the last two two and a half minutes in the bench. But yeah, Bevo come down, and once the coaches celebrate, and we can probably start celebrating. Yeah, then you can relax. Yeah. Do you remember what he said? 
Nope. <laughs> I, don't, I don't remember much. But like, it, it, it becomes a bit of a blur. Just, it really does. Um, Absolutely. Like, there's so many things going through your head and trying to capture and picture and grasp and probably bottle it up is a hard thing to do. And I think um, being able to accept it all now and, and look back and watch the grand final with, with happiness and still getting nervous about the result, even though we know the result. Um, but just being able to go back and watch footy and appreciate what I was a part of is, is special. Yeah, well, we're very grateful for everything that you sacrificed and achieved for us. Uh, you are a genuine bona fide bull god, and we love you, man. Thank you very much. Today's episode was proudly brought to you by 8 Star Energy, creating energy for the future and power you can count on. Follow them on Facebook, 8 Star Energy. I gave my childhood to that role. Of the red, white and blue sea And the knowledge that you had to love The bulldog boys and me Twenty years on, I feel that longing Hanging in September air But the reason I go every week Is to pretend you're still there And they will find the glory one day I will throw it at your feet It's a long, long road they're running for you The dogs of Footscray Streets It's a long, long road they're running for you Dogs and Footscray Streets <laughs>